Riff raff. Too little help. Riff raff. Big riff. Alright everyone, welcome to the Riff Raff. It's me, your boy Hans, with Ensomheit and Spooky Mansion. And uh, we are getting weird. We're getting scholarly today. We're, we're waxing lyrical. We are. Um, we've got a. Uh, <laughs> we're giving songs a lot of credit they don't we're deserve. Here. Which you know, as this, as this uh, slowly decaying and degenerating subgenre of music folds in on itself. I mean, <laughs> fuck it. We're fooling say, ourselves uh, no matter what we do. Oh, uh, what is it? Poetry is the music of the soul, and I think we're trying to disprove that today. <laughs> I don't. Um. <laughs> uh, I mean, look. You know, they say all lyrics are created equal, but you look at you look at Pig Destroyer and you look at <laughs> Samoa Joe. You can see that statement is not true. God oh, damn yeah, it! That, yeah, that Scott Steiner math. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never not on it. I, well, yeah. they. I was just uh, looking mm-hmm. for an excuse yeah, I think to there's... a tweed jacket with yeah. elbow patches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I'm just... Man, I'm just wearing my Mindenfeld shirt. That's it. We should do an episode about lyrics and languages you don't understand. <laughs> well, but, but I'll just I pass understand. you guys all my German shit. Yeah, we'd have to pick, like... <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, what? what not everything's about band, you. Uh... Oh, fuck. They sing in Gaelic or something. All not right. Gaelic, like a dead language. Um... Anyway, Gaulish? (laughs) French? Hey, French is very much alive, and that's why we skewer it on this show very often. Um, (laughs) Anyway, yeah, so we're talking about lyrics today. Um, Uh, And so we pick songs that we have lyrics that we like or find interesting or maybe hate. I don't know. Yeah, just that we thought were kind of cool or maybe off the beaten path, I guess. That that was the angle I took, at least. I guess we can... Mm-hmm. Very nice. So yeah, lay out and the order. We are for actually us. starting with one of your picks. Uh, songs called "The Age of Nefarious" by the band Hell Yeah Hell, who I didn't know until now. Mm. I really like new wave of British heavy metal. Yeah, dude. So so they're like they're like frozen cavemen because. Uh, Hell started being a thing in like the the really early '80s. Like they were an original crop of like Nwabam bands, and they just didn't go anywhere. And they dropped off the face of the earth like before the '80s were over. And then in like 2013, that that mad scientist genius Inventortron Andy Sneap got a hold of them, produced them a new record, and was like, "Hey guys, thanks for teaching me guitar. I'll make a new record for you. It's gonna sound great." And it was fan-fucking-tastic. Uh, one of my friends in high school was uh, more on the pulse than I was. He ordered the CD. He got an extra copy for some reason. He gave it to me. And, like, it's one of my favorites just of all time just for um, being a really, uh, a really like, uh, resourceful and uh, well-considered Nwabam record. And also, um, I think it's got a great turn of phrase in, in sense of, like, how it uses its syntax to create, you know, Tension and resolution, it tugs and rolls. It's got great motion. What am I talking <laughs> oh. about? Fucking spin that shit.
Okay, that was hell. And uh, yeah. Mm. I agree. Oh, I it's agree. spicy. It's flavorsome. <laughs> oh. I, I do it's think I kind of get what you meant with the rolling and the, mm -hmm, and the mm -hmm. waves or whatever the fuck you said. It's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, <laughs> I'm so glad this guy's got a second chance. Yeah, I think, I think like the way they um, they hang on. Like, I forget if it's consonants or assonance where you do the same vowel sound. But like, yeah, like they got that great. Like in the first lines you know they've got that really heavy insistence on that rolling o sound unholy are the holiest of all the truth be told soulless are the soldiers um moving from you know a a, a consistency of that vowel to that consistency of that like uh hissing s uh, it just keeps rolling and stirring it gives you sort of new little hooks that 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 you know rhyme onto each other uh, the internal rhymes are sometimes on non-standard pulse, which is kind of fun. Helps it to be a bit less cut and dry. It just feels wild. Yeah, I like the, you know? like it's, you said, uh, the it's really well put together. How it goes along with the uh, with the song, especially where they stress different syllables, and you know, um, I think maybe what, I think when we yeah. talked about this uh, initially, it was like uh, mm -hmm. Hans mentioned that it would sounded like uh, like they do in hip hop or something. Uh, Hopefully yep. I'm not forgetting that, and that was a different song, and I can cut it out. Um, so yeah, no, it was really cool. Uh, they paid a lot of attention to like, yeah, I, I think it's it's really fully considered how like, I mean, of course the singer's voice is the instrument, but also um, I, there's a lot of consideration for the rhythm of it and how it plays around inside the the rest of the song as it as it's already there. I I just think it's a really really uh, like well constructed. You know, thing. I don't know if I'd call it artful necessarily, but like I can tell it was done with care and consideration. Perhaps over a period of like three <laughs> Also, they years. kind of take the piss with this song, right? Because it's uh, making fun of, I guess it's, I don't know, I thought it was, I took it as making fun of heavy metal, but like, you know, they're parodying the Age of Aquarius song, which is like a pop song mm -hmm. from the 60s. Um, so. It is really, <laughs> yeah, really I good. <laughs> yeah, it's also, a, yeah, it's a very yeah. choice, it's a very uh, that, uh, choice uh, pun. In the in the first time when the first time we recorded this, because this is once again a re re, re <laughs> thing, uh, it doesn't just have like the rhyming syllables at the end of the line, but within the lines as well. Also, as, as Spooky mentioned, and this is it's 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 quite quite cleverly done. It's actually too clever for metal, and mm -hmm. um, I I'm I'm slightly repulsed, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and. Uh, yeah, what is it? Did, is yes. this some Andrew Lloyd Webber did shit? Didn't you write musicals? Yeah, yeah, I did like Phantom of the Opera and Cats. You know, he's he's Webby, Lord Andy. Apparently, Phantom is finally like off of Broadway. Like it's done. It's had like the longest unbroken run for you know decades, and it's like, well, I guess we're finally tired of that. I guess. I guess like teenage girls are finally tired of Phantom Somebody of the Opera. Uh, I never thought on I'd the see the day. And they only had the one, and they were like, "Well, <laughs> time to pack it in." <laughs> oh uh, okay, we should move on to some uh, <clears throat> some less intelligible, uh, yeah, yeah, less understandable. Uh, I would say borderline beat poetry from uh, <laughs> from a, a band that shouldn't be writing good lyrics at all. No. Because it's a grindcore band, so what? What are they doing? This is Pig Destroyer, you know Jupiter's Eye. Mm. 
Jupiter's Eye. What was going on there, Enzi? Why did you pick this? Um, so they were uh, blah, 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 featured on Metal Sucks because they were like, oh, this lyrics are too beautiful for, for Grindcore because uh, Metal Sucks did like a top 10 list with them um, because that's like what they do. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The singer, I know he writes uh, short stories and I think one of their albums I bought came with like a book of short stories that he'd written, which I thought was kind of weird but interesting. Um, I'd like yeah, that sounds I mean, cool as shit. It was like the stories were a little. I mean, they're from the guy who writes for Pig Destroyer, so they're they're a little. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, it was it was definitely a cool. You know, Michael Gira from Swans wrote really? an entire book. No, I did not know of, of short stories. Yeah, yeah, seriously. And uh, my my husband actually bought a copy. Apparently, it's super hard to find, but um, he thought he found himself like you know a, a cheap reprint version of it, but it's <laughs> in German. <laughs> And uh, neither of us know that language. Once again, I I, I gotta ask y'all, can you help me out? Oh, God. Naturally. Oh. Uh, Yeah. No. (laughs) This is gonna become the German podcast if you're not careful, Spooky. Um, Yeah, so, I don't know. I like the lyrics. They're very, like, the... He... uh, The lyrics are very visual, I guess. Like, they paint a very Mm -hmm. good picture in my head, at least. Uh huh. Uh huh. Like really consistent and like multi-purposed imagery, too, which is pretty nice. Um, like uh, talking about, uh, for one thing, just dragging each other into free fall is a really lovely thing. It's this image of like two people each pulling each other lower and and just sort of yeah, watching watching you know a whatever relationship they had kind of falling apart mm-hmm. between them, and then. Uh, also, the way that they talk about um, the way that they talk about the burning lick of fire on flesh when they talk about it here, like um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, here, uh, black-haired angel by the bonfire with alien eyes, divine. They flicker a moment in the flames, then follow the smoke into the sky. So it's both this thing that's like very dangerous and painful, but also uh, like ephemeral and just short-lived. It, it yeah, burns away so quickly. Maybe a bit more literally. I'm not sure this is actually mm-hmm. what the guy meant when he wrote it, but like, it's like, uh, how would I put it? Like if two people had been dropped on Jupiter into the big red eye, the, like the big storm that's been there for like 10,000 years, like basically what would happen? You would just kind of mm-hmm. like um, light on fire from friction <laughs> um, from the, you know, the like gas and you just kind of keep falling forever, which is kind of what they do mm-hmm, with the mm-hmm. song. Um, I don't know if that's actually what he was thinking about, but that was like the visual I got when I first heard this when I was, fuck, 17? Jeez. Um, but yeah. So, I don't know. Hans, your thoughts? Um, these are definitely lyrics that I wouldn't have spent a second thought on if I just read them like this. I would have just been like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> Next. um, but yeah uh, now looking into it some more it's it's actually yeah it is kind of kind of beautiful in a in a way i don't know like in a pig destroyer way so take that as you will (laughs) um okay cool uh should we jump on to the next one on hans's picks uh, yeah, right. I, uh, I think Harry Ripper is known around the block by now, uh, around the toilet. I give them my number one spot in 2020. <laughs> it was fantastic. Oh, no, that's oh not the God, one this is from. But uh, this is—I think that was this was the debut record. 
coagulating darkness. Uh, very good. Uh, very fun. Mm-hmm. Black thrash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are going to be listening to Annelise or uh, Annelisa, I guess. That's hey, we're, we're back to German here. That's. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll 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 get into that uh, after the track. Harrible. Uh, let's go. Nice.
right, Hell Ripper, fun track. But boy, again, I, I sure like me a good <laughs> Hell Ripping. Letter, letter Hell Rip, man. Um, but uh, again, lyrics that I wouldn't have thought twice about, probably because it's very standard. Like oh, you're possessed by the devil. Uh, several <laughs> demons, actually. It mentions uh, six demons, which has some. Um, uh, relevancy, we, we, we will see. Uh, but then, yeah, in the, in the chorus, it mentions an actual name of Anneliese Michel. So uh, I looked that up, and lo, it is uh, one of the biggest trials uh, in Germany, uh, along with like the Nuremberg trials and the, the RAF trials. Um, so this was uh, in the 70s, where the parents of Anneliese Michel, along with two priests, were put on trial because she had, uh, Anneliese had died in their care um, after about, uh, mm -hmm. I think, over 60 exorcisms had, exorcisms had been performed on her. So uh, consensus of the parents and the priests, obviously, was that she was possessed, uh, which uh, basically everyone else uh, heavily doubted uh, with with good reason. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, uh, X, X to doubt. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, so yes, this was uh, uh, hap all happened in Germany. Anneliese was born in 1952 and had like a, a, an epileptic seizure when she was 16, which was actually diagnosed as such. Uh, and she got medication for it, but um, then a couple of years later, it had, it had kind of developed into like schizophrenia or, or schizophrenic paranoia or something like that. So she was. Probably like oh, yeah, like yeah. hearing voices and knocking in the wall and all, all sorts of stuff, and mm -hmm. um, someone suggested that you know demons might be involved, possession might be involved. So she started seeing a priest. Even the priest initially said, "Now nah, you, you you should see a doctor about this," but uh, eventually agreed. Yeah, there's, there's something is going on here. Got a second priest involved, and then yeah, that's kind of where the whole exorcism thing uh, started. So. Um, this was the the, the, the the exorcism proper started in like fall of 1975 and by spring of 1976 she was uh, completely like emaciated uh, basically uh, clinically insane um, like hurting herself was was a, a danger to herself and eventually just stopped eating and uh, died uh, around Easter so a very very quick descent there because yeah after the after the first exorcism, things immediately got worse, because uh, she mm. she really kind of well I don't I don't uh, leaned into it is maybe wrong but uh, like everyone around her was suggesting that this was the cause. She was uh, yeah, very yeah. very religious throughout her whole life because her parents were too, and that's just what she learned. That's what made sense to her. Medication hadn't really worked, so it was you know it seemed feasible to her as well. And um, what's interesting, I thought, was that um, later it was kind of diagnosed that there was a this uh, yeah this whole psychological component of her um, accept kind of accepting this role because it also allowed her to actually lash out because um, in the exorcisms, which were all taped, I think the tapes are on YouTube. I haven't listened to them yet though. Um, you, she, it's it's the whole uh, program basically that you know from movies like The Exorcist, you know, with uh, Cursing and yeah, speaking in in, in, in a different language uh, with, with with a different voice and uh, just uh, going going all out. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, 
that was uh, so. Yeah, the the um, uh, she she eventually died. The parents and the and the priest were put on trial and found guilty. Um, but they were they were out on what is it parole? No, not is yeah. It, is it called parole? What's the other one? Ah, never mind. Um, um, probation, <laughs> like a supervised yeah, something release. like that. Well, they they didn't actually have to go to prison, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's uh, and they actually yeah. uh, kind of continued uh, to sort of benefit off of it. Like certain conservative Catholic circles had had declared her a martyr after her death. Uh, so her parents built like a little cathedral uh, in her name and and uh, uh, received pilgrims there and, and shit like that. And it actually turned out that one of the priests. Uh, had always intended to to later release uh, the tapes of the exorcisms because he was like he was a super conservative uh, Catholic uh, who's who's like sympathetic to some to the the pious brotherhood which are like yeah old school uh, shit and so some of some of the stuff you hear in the in the tapes is very weirdly specific to to the cause of these guys so it's like where he he. Uh, allegedly is talking to Lucifer, who has possessed Annalisa, and Lucifer is saying stuff that's uh, super in line with their doctrine. Oh. And it's it's, it's so, very it's very perverse, and uh, yeah. So add, add some credence to like the fact that, or to the idea that she was pressured into doing a lot of this stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly. So that's 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 like this whole other angle that you could have taken with this. So I was actually a little a little bit uh, disappointed that. Uh, uh, Hal Ripper here went for a very standard. Yeah, she was possessed, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Well, Although so the, he, where, where where they do uh, reference uh, actually something from the case is the six demons, like I mentioned earlier, because it was uh, in another oddly specific uh, uh, assertion there. Uh, it was determined that Annalisa was possessed by Lucifer himself, Judas, mm-hmm. Nero, Cain, Hitler, and some old. Guy, some old priest from the 16th century. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah. it's a bit of a specific list. <laughs> yeah, that's that's um. best off, man. That's the guys you want. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's kind of sad. I will say, Hell Ripper is not like the most egregious person to profiteer off of this. Um, if you want to think of it that way, uh, they made, and I realized this after I read about it. They made a really terrible horror movie in 2005 called the exorcism of emily rose that basically yeah takes the same stance as the song only it's like another crappy exorcist clone um so yeah several, yeah, I, several uh, a lot of media was made about this oddly enough uh, a lot of it by the same guy like some some german guy who works for the for the public broadcasting in, in, in uh, germany i think very odd mm-hmm. Well, so about the song, um, I do like the sound of it. Like, I like their, I, I like this band's black and thrash sound. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I can understand if you're like in a black metal band like Hellripper, like why taking the lyrics in that direction makes sense. It's like, ooh, it's spooky, yeah. but the reality of it seems way more metal, <laughs> way more like fucked up. So it's a bit, uh, yeah, I mean, a bit of a bummer. It seems like it's, the lyricism on this one is kind of. It's it's telling the story in a way that takes like the priest's account of it at face value. I think it's a bit yeah. of an awkward play of like the whole like 
villains are cool card that you get with a lot of extreme metal because first it has to make the wrong person into the villain and then like write, write a song about how cool it is it just feels like it's sort of sort of oh. played it backwards a bit I didn't take it that way. I, mean, I took it more as like them just trying to be like creepy. Yeah. Oh, this is how Satan would look at it. Not I mean, like yeah, a, this oh, is this is the absolute bog yeah. standard like you know heavy metal playbook here. Like I'm I'm not really surprised. It's not going to make me stop liking Hell Ripper. But like, yeah, I mean, a song like this is sort of like I get you know villain songs and killer songs and shit like that and heavy metal. And I'm, I'm cool with that. I just. I, I kind of wish it could be a bit more straight about, like, who's the actual victim in this situation, because, like, dude, I, I don't know. Yeah, Playing no, it for, fair. like, cool um, horror of, like, all the demons that Annalise visited, it's kind of missing the fact that no, she really wasn't. This is, like, a very different, like, failure of, like, social institutions. I don't know. It just feels like it's kind of tackling it the wrong way. Like, yeah. literally, if you took the name Annalise off of this, I'd be like, yeah, this is fucking cool as shit. <laughs> um, but, like, just I mean, just Girl Out of Life totally um, ruined on the no, most spurious um, of claims, and here yeah, we are just yeah, kind of, sense. you know, taking that at face value for cool points. It's just, I don't know, it's not really working for me. It's, um, yeah. it reminds me a little bit of, um, uh, it's kind of interesting link. So uh, another, another song on this album is uh, From Hell, which is about Jack the Ripper. And between that and this song, I'm thinking a lot of Alan Moore's From Hell. Uh, you know, Alan mm-hmm. Moore, comic artist, uh, uh, comic writer. Anyway, he's got, a, he's got an essay in the back of his big Jack the Ripper comic, which is basically about the weird tendency in, like, you know, pop historian and crime historian circles to sort of, uh, like, obscure the really, really obvious tragedy in favor of just ever-increasing, like, focus on cool details. No, I mean, like, look, it's a good track. I I won't say it's the most, like, uncomfortable thing I've ever listened to because it, it doesn't rank anywhere near there. But it's, like, looking more closely at it, it's like, eh, it's not as fun as it seems on, at the outset. Now, on the other hand, a sequel album to this, The Affair of the Poisons, that one is really fun because the title tragedy in that happened to a bunch of nobles, and so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, right after the Queen died, too. That's all I got to say about that. Is it, is it like the latrine disaster? That's got to be one of my favorites. <laughs> well, uh, Riff Raff being brave and shitting on royalty like the like the British Queen who just passed away. Oh, um, yeah, baby. Oh, got him. Oh, yeah, do it, do it like behemoth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm nowhere near as edgy as Nurgle. Um, okay, cool. So next up, we have a band whose name I have no idea how to pronounce. That's right, and I forgot to look it up again. Let's go with Dunsmeyer. Dunsmeyer, yeah. I like Dunsmeyer. Like you know, like Mike Meor or Tamsin Meor. Meor. Oh. Meor? Maybe. Muir. Yeah, are. names are dumb. Yes. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, as I a Dutch person, I cannot contest that. So, <laughs> um. this is a bit of a bit of an all-star band who released exactly one album in 2016, and then nothing mm-hmm. so far ever again. It's got the singer from Clutch, some guy from Foom and True, uh, some other guy I think that I sorry I forgot, and the, the uh, Vinny Apis, the uh, who used to Vinny, uh, Vinny, in the Dio period, and also did a bunch of. Vinny Apice! Apice! 
yeah, let's let's take a take a listen here. This is Orb of Empire. snap to it right it's got that bounce it's got that groove it's mm. got that thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, lyrics wise uh, the whole album is actually pretty good and you can you can kind of see a concept in there maybe a story I'm not entirely sure of that but I encourage you to uh, check out the album and read along all the lyrics are on the metal archives page uh, as for this one I mostly uh, included it to finally get it off my fucking back Jesus <laughs> Ever since I started writing for The Toilet in 2017 or something, I wanted to write about yeah. this song because I had these lofty ambitions of like tying it to 
British colonialism really? in Africa and uh, all sorts of <laughs> shit. Um, obviously, uh, what spurred that idea was the line, uh, the sun never sets on empire mm-hmm. in the chorus. Uh, yeah, but then also thinking like, okay, so, so the orb of empire is basically the globe, maybe. So this this is like some nation that has... I mean, it, it, this is this is in no way tied to actual history, uh, the lyrics, but uh, you know, you could you could see that in there, I guess, it's of this yeah. empire that spans the globe and has just invaded a new country and uh, is there to, as it says in the lyrics, civilize the savages and bring the reason uh, <laughs> and shit like that. Sound, sounds like Britain to me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I had in my notes. I put the, I described this tune as jaunty and swashbuckling. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got that sort of like brusque adventure feel to it, which is kind of fun yeah. with like the the character it's taking also because this this genuinely feels like some dude trying to brag about himself in like a bar way way out of his like his normal territory. Do yeah. you dare call me a liar? Do you think this is a drunkard's jest? Like <laughs> basically he's got it in his head somehow that someone has insulted him and he has to he has to puff up and make himself a big deal. Yeah, this is this could be played in a movie during a bar fight. Like don't in the back, don't you know who I'm with? I'm with the Empire. <laughs> my bo- my I'm guy. with the Queen. Uh, never mind, not the Queen. Um, eh, eh, rip. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, it was interesting. This is definitely a like the song sounded like exactly like what you mentioned, Hans. Where it's like uh, something that soldiers in a new place colonializing would play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it I think it synergizes just really well with uh my pick, which is also really rock and rolly. Uh it's got a really, you know, super basic three it's like making a three ingredient cookie, you know? It's it's sugar, it's mm-hmm. flour, it's water. Uh like the rhythm is really whip crack. Um God, it's it's really effective just overall as as you know what it is. And again, that sort of helps the character. It's got this pub rock sensibility that feels really conversational, you know? Yeah. No, I definitely hear that. Well, mm-hmm. since you mentioned mm-hmm. it, I guess that's a great segue that I'm not going to shoehorn in here onto our true, next song. True, true, true. Um, <laughs> this is our second uh, interesting take on, on yeah, well, uh, I guess this time it's outright Satanism because hell was more just like critical of, of, of religion. So these two together... These two together do a lot to make Harry Ripper look bad, I think. Uh, nothing, no, <laughs> well, no, uh, well, before we go in, I sort of wanted to introduce this with like a, a red piece that I really like. Uh, so this comes from actually a uh, tabletop game called Kill Puppies for Satan. Uh, it was written by the same guy who did Apocalypse World and a few other really successful games. I think he basically wrote it late one night when he was just really dissatisfied with I guess the state of the industry and the conventions of, like, the role-playing game as a genre. So he used it to basically crank out a bunch of, like, uh, semi-satirical thoughts. But um, one of the ones I really like here is is his piece on playing Satan as a non-playable character and trying to explain his character and how to, like, how to act that way at the table. So if I may. So Satan's actually a pretty nice guy. Set aside for a minute the fact that he's cold, fucked up, mean, and relentless, all at 10. Uh, He has starting evil points in the triple digits, and 3.6 billion people worldwide hate him. Underneath, he's just this regularish guy who watches pro wrestling and C-SPAN and, sure, rules hell, and so on. 
But, I mean, he's not like the other guy. He's approachable. Uh, he's not full of himself. He doesn't bogart the joint just because he's the fucking falling morning star. The first person ever with the balls to spit in God's coffee, which you gotta fucking admit. Uh... But particularly, I want to give you some advice for role-playing this dude as an NPC, which is kind of intimidating. And face it, you're going to have to, because the PCs are going to call him on the telephone all the time. So here goes. Choose somebody from your life. Make it someone friendly, interesting, kind of complicated, but easy to like. Someone who makes you smile when you think of them, and who you maybe wish you'd known better. For me, it's Mrs. Drummond, my 10th grade English teacher, who I'm certain would be appalled. That is your Satan. You'll be able to go for a while just on that person's charm alone. Pay attention to eye contact. Satan looks everyone in the eye, but he's not intimidating, and he's not in your face. When it comes up, remember that nothing can piss Satan off. Nothing frightens him. The absolute worst thing that can happen to him at this point is he'll have to wait a few years until everyone involved dies, and then most of them he'll get to personally torture until he gets bored. At the same time, there's no reason for him to put up with anything once it becomes more irritating than it is interesting. And here's the trick to top it off. Satan got the ever-loving blue-eyed shit kicked out of him, and there's no possible way for him to ever even begin to get even. He's shit out of luck. The only way he could possibly deal with it is to get a sense of humor. So that's it. When you're playing Satan, don't take anything seriously. To a guy like that, nothing is serious. Well, one thing is serious, but man, it is old fucking news. Roll that beautiful bean footage.
listened to the whole album in the meantime. Uh, not not while you were. Yeah, I'm that pretty much since we last <laughs> since we last recorded. Had you had you heard it before? Uh, the no, Entombed one? not at all. The Inferno. Oh, it's all good. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty good album. I mean, I don't know if you're an Entombed fan or not. They're pretty, uh, you know. Well, I, I think I mostly focused on the. Oh, just the stuff. lyrics. No, yeah. yeah. What? No. On the, the oh uh, the like left hand path and clandestine. I gave those uh, a, show oh, a while ago. Oh, okay, yeah. And then this at was some like, point I tried yeah. Wolverine Blues, I think, just to see what the what the change was like, kind of. But yeah, uh, it didn't really go to anything beyond that because like I always feel like with those old school bands, anything they did after two thousand gets really iffy. Yeah. They have some okay stuff, but it's very like uh, I don't know. People's tastes on it vary quite a bit. Like whether or not you liked Wolverine Blues will tell you a lot of if you like their newer, quote unquote, newer stuff. Yeah. Not so much newer now, but uh, I'm just I'm just gonna say we're back now. Okay. Nice. Uh, sp- yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's quality entombed. Like. I know that for historical purposes, we all got to give it up for like you know left hand path and the the vampire one. But like, <laughs> you don't sound too convinced. But go ahead. <laughs> as far as my regular rotation, it's always like Inferno and Uprising, like their post two thousands death and roll stuff. I love that shit. It's like the it's like the best death metal for highway driving. You know, it's uh, and it's probably it's like the only kind of death metal that you could put in a jackass movie. Like it's really reckless and punky. And again, I just like this sort of attitude it takes to like the established metal convention. It's like, what if Satan was just someone you kind of liked? You know, like, hey, you had a bad accident one time and they helped, you know, clap your shoulders and get you dusted off and you just keep going with it. Uh, I like that um, one, the story of like his personal Satan begins with him falling out of a window. It's kind of funny. Um it's like a, it, it's very, I guess, a whimsical take on, you know, the idea of the fall from grace. I also like in, in short terms, he mentions that just being by himself and studying doesn't really teach him anything. It's like being around other people and having this like gregarious individualism that helps him find wisdom. It's this idea of like Satan as just some random peer or some person, you know, also trying to make their way around. It's, Again, it's a real, like, man-on-the-street kind of take on the subject, which really gels with the musical style they're doing here. <laughs> I love this record so goddamn much. I almost chose The Fixes In and uh, Pumping Iron. Oh, God, they're so fucking good. Well, the thing that struck me is that uh, Satan doesn't really show up. It's more like um, it, it, it never mm-hmm. outright says, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with Satan because Satan does this and that and he's so cool. But he, he it's instead it's looking at the at the other side kind of and like you know in the in the chorus prohibitions and mm-hmm. restrict and restrictions, speculations and regulations everything that the that the that the church kind oh. of teaches him, uh, and from that he kind of is is like the the conclusion is like well then then I'm gonna go to the other side, that's when I became a satanist. Uh, it's mm-hmm. kind of this uh, for yeah, out, yeah, of the, out of the out of the. Mm-hmm. it's so unassuming that's also what's great like it yeah. gets really tiresome when like i don't think there's ever been a band or even like a person who was like yeah who was doing like oh philosophically serious satanism those guys are all 
so far up their own <laughs> yeah, ass. Yeah, like that weirdo I... from Dissection or whatever. <sighs> um, that was a long time ago. Oh my god, yeah, like Dissection and yeah. DSO, and like, yes, we do like uh, esoteric Luciferianism, and like, no one knows what you're talking about, you nerd. <laughs> I'm sorry, did, did you did you find your way out of the lockers? <laughs> uh, do I gotta put you back in there? Buddy, me and LG Petrov, we're gonna go dirt biking. <laughs> What are you doing all day? <laughs> uh, normally, I'm not in favor of bullying, but maybe for DSO, I'll make an exception. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a cool song. Oh, man, this God. is uh, this is some death and roll entombed. Mm-hmm. Like this is what I think of as their primary for that. So cool. And then our our last song, destined to be hated because it's not really a metal song, but. Um, it was listed, it's it was listed as metal this, this on louder sound or some bullshit. Yeah, well, because of me. Haha. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, this last song's from me. Uh, it's Cave In, Moral Eclipse. Let's go. <laughs> Again, Ainsley, I have to ask you to explain yourself because this, this is some weird beat trick again. This is very some... yeah. You're giving us all this art grind. <laughs> well, yeah, no, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I uh, making things ambiguous is also a good way to uh, you know make it seem mm-hmm. like you're smarter than you actually are when you write things. I learned. Um. <laughs> oh yeah. When in doubt, let the viewer do the yeah, brain thinking. Yeah, it's like, well, why don't you decide what I meant? Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so I guess maybe that's why I picked these guys too. Um, yeah, this is this is Caven. They're like more mm-hmm. like a, I guess, a very foundational metalcore band from way back in the day, uh, nineteen ninety eight or so is when yeah, this album yeah. came out. Um, 
it makes sense that like all these metalcore bands you're handing us are so arty because uh, metalcore really is the Picasso of metal. <laughs> I'm not sure what you mean by that at all, but <laughs> I mean it's all chopped up and weird oh, as shit yeah. and has the wrong perspective on a on a ton of different things from moment to moment. <laughs> That's fair. Um, like you, you, you get it, right? Like it's extremely impressionistic. Yeah, that's fair. Or whatever the fuck. Uh, yeah. Anyway, also this song, like the biggest rare song, has some like cool, uh, I would say, phrases that like put a interesting picture in my head. The way they describe like yellow turns this courage badge into a valentineal trash. Um, yeah. Talking about like a relationship or I guess lack of relationship um, that yeah. this guy had. So yeah, what what, what also, an I, you know, out there with... like literary reference to make? Also, like eighteen nineties war novels. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's standard to read in America, right? I mean, it's like for children. The um the red badge, red of, badge courage, of courage, not the yellow. I, badge I do of not courage. remember reading it. I've never read it, but I I, I thought yeah, that was but... like normal. Um, I didn't know it, it was the thing. I think until like just now. yeah, yeah. It's like a novel. Yeah, no, the red badge of courage. It's a it's a civil war novel. Yeah. I remember hearing about it in my history classes when we were talking about art at the time. I never actually read it for any class, though. Yeah, I'm not sure. It doesn't... I don't really think it has much to do with... Other than, like, the phrase sounding cool, I don't think it has much to do with this song. Because it's not about, like, <laughs> anonymous sex or relationships or whatever. Um, it's about a war. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was... Uh, you know, I don't know. Some of the descriptions here are pretty interesting. Um, what did you guys think? Mm-hmm. My, in my emo-fying riffraff a bit too much yeah no i think i think the the aim of this song is a bit more clear than in the uh pig destroyer track um but i think that gives it a little more it gives it a little more license to sort of spread its imagery around a bit um definitely in this like consistent image of like uh like water and and like soaked wetness and things like that uh it's actually interesting um it mentions here what what is the line here uh, we knew together that every crack in the wall is a step towards release of the lascivious waters I no longer wade through. Uh, the way I read that is that's like that's sort of the central image there is that there's this the, this narrator is trying to basically control the flow of water, like the flow of like lust and desire in one direction. But um, you know, with him and his partner, they keep uh, you know. In this pattern of like you know behavior and misgivings, uh, the wall is slowly cracking apart. Eventually, it's just going to burst, and he's going to get swept away in it. I think this song is about needing to pee. Yeah, and there's only there's only one thing here he mentions as being specifically dry. Also, it's that it's this like physical moment that he has with like this partner here. Uh, that the contact was dry, but exasperating, like a teething smile, pulse by pulse. It's like he's crying out yeah. for this this different sort of love that he used to have and can't Hans, get it anymore. Hans, what did you say? You, you took this song as about having to pee. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it just it just came to me because... Of, that is really what it's like. That's brilliant. Yellow because takes this... God damn it. <laughs> because of the first line and then what, what yeah. Spooky just explained. Uh, it's, it, it's about it, somebody it, trying to hold their pee. <laughs> that's, that's, I, that's, the, that's the brilliant take. I like... You know that meme with the different brains, and there's like a genius brain at the bottom. That's what Hans <laughs> just dropped on us. It's piss. Um, <laughs> it's piss. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I've, I've, I've felt I actually didn't like this one that much until now. 
<laughs> um, I kind of like Pink Destroyer a little better because I was connecting more with it. I don't know why. This, these, these. Uh, I felt like these metaphors were so out there that um, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it apparently took uh, three weeks of pondering until I finally cracked the code. <laughs> <clears throat> that's that's brilliant art right there. Even if it's not necessarily a code mm-hmm. worth cracking. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's. I don't know. It's a fun song. Um, this band just recently got back together again, or I don't know if they ever broke up, but uh, they released an album last year that was pretty good. Um, much more literal, I guess, now with the lyrics. Maybe not. Um, they sound a lot different. They've changed their sound quite a bit over the years. But, mm. yeah. I just remember checking them out once because one of them was a Mutoid Man. And I mm-hmm. quickly established that these guys don't sound like Mutoid Man, and I lost interest. <laughs> yeah. No, they definitely don't. Um, yeah, the members from this band are kind of... Uh, in that whole converge Kurt Baloo scene. Mm. Uh, so take what, I guess, think of that what you will. And the song mm. features Jacob Bannon, apparently, which I did not know, but according to genius.com, it does. I don't know what that means. So yeah, that, I guess that's it. That's any, any closing thoughts for our, for our very erudite lyrics episode of it. Riff Raff. I, I can't wait to listen to music for not the lyrics again. Like I usually do. <laughs> There's a reason I didn't get an English degree like my sister. Yeah, it's awful, awful. I don't recommend it. <laughs> yeah, no. Language centers of your brain are like, the, uh, they're terrible. You, you, they don't deserve anything. They don't deserve effort from you. <laughs> what have they ever done for you? All right. I, well, I gotta go listen to that one. I gotta go listen to that one caveman theme band from Italy where they don't even write lyrics. Or, you know, Canonist, Hate Beak, whoever else. Lyrics, yeah, very, I guess, low in the pecking order for metal. You know what? I think, I think I'll give a shout-out to a local legend and, uh, and spin some disposal. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I just found something Especially, actually, um, yeah. I just found something that has the tag caveman shit on, on Bandcamp. And they're called Pistrot, so maybe that steered me in the direction of that final analysis. But, um... Disposal is especially harrowing for me because I now live in a garage without even a sink. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's, it's, it's a double dose of brutality. Well, if you need a lesser form, I think they do have, they re-record all their songs with like a human singing, quote you know, harsh singing. But anyway, uh, yeah, this has been fun. Uh, thanks for listening. Hopefully oh, yeah. none of this is the poetry to your soul. Yeah, I don't. Man, know. I hope this shit this recording works. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> you and me, we're fucking done professionally. <laughs> She's gonna bury us. Oh yeah, I mean this whole look, this whole operation you guys are running, it is, it is slipshod. All right, it is slapdash. It is ramshackle. Like I'm amazed you guys are still still making anything happen at all. And furthermore, if if um, if you guys still have my agent's number, I think you should go ahead and shred it right now because uh, he's not talking to you either. All right, my whole professional network, they are not talking to you guys. You are completely cut off from that. So don't expect any more shit. <laughs>